Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's Sermon Podcast Channel. The following sermon was preached as a part of a series called Live Generously, and the theme of the sermon is The Universe is the Lord's. It was preached on June 13th, 2021. His head hung low as he walked away from Jesus. This scene ranks up there as one of the saddest endings in the entire Bible. This young man walked away from Jesus with great sadness because he had great wealth. Now it wasn't the wealth that made him sad, but it was what Jesus had asked of him that made him sad. Jesus asked the man to sell everything he had, to give it to the poor, and then to come follow him. It's sad to see anyone walk away from Jesus, but honestly, here, it doesn't seem that unreasonable. If we were put in the same situation, we may have the same angst as this young man. We may even make the same decision. If Jesus asked you to sell everything you had, to give it to the poor, and then to come follow him, could you do it? This would include selling everything that you've worked for over the years. The investments that you've made, the possessions you've accumulated. Not only that, it would mean giving up the standard of living that you've grown accustomed to. We're talking about a major life change here. Hypothetically, we may think we could do it, but if it was actually asked of us, it may be more difficult than we care to admit. What if I told you, That giving everything up for Jesus might become feasible and even easy with a God-inspired change of perspective. Well, this perspective this morning starts in, in our reading from the Psalms. Psalm 24. And Psalm 24 is titled as a Psalm of David, which is nice because we know a little bit about David. We know a little bit about his backstory. David was the king of Israel. And as the king of Israel, he was wealthy. And he had power. Anything that he didn't already have, it would not have been difficult for him to acquire. And so perhaps it's a unique perspective coming from this this powerful rich guy when he says in Psalm 24 verse 1, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. David is confessing that the Lord possesses everything. He is the owner of the world. The universe belongs to him. He's not just the owner of raw land, but he's the owner of everything in the universe and everyone who lives in it. Doesn't it make just make sense that God would be the owner of all things? After all, he created all things. Everything that exists exists because God put it there. Which is essentially what the second verse of Psalm 24 is stating. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. And so in the first two verses of Psalm 24, you get the the confession that the earth is the Lord's, that everything belongs to God, he has ownership, and this is based on his creating activity. The creator is honored with ownership. Now those who create things in our world sometimes start as owners, but they don't always remain owners. Take George Zimmer, for example. George was the creator and founder of Men's Warehouse. 
You've maybe seen him on past commercials saying, you're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. George took Men's Warehouse to be an incredibly successful company, and for many years, Men's Warehouse belonged to George. But not anymore. The company that he started no longer belongs to him. And not only does it not belong to him, but he was fired from the very company that he started. In that case, the creator turned out to no longer be the owner. Yet that isn't true for God. God created the heavens and the earth. God created everything and everyone in the world. He founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. But his activity in the world didn't stop after creation. God continues to create and continues to preserve. He creates new life, although he works through natural means. Every time a baby is born, this is a part of God's creating activity. Even though he works through natural means to do it, the Psalms confess that God is the one who knits the babies together in their mother's wombs. And God continues to preserve as well. The planets remain in orbit. The earth continues to rotate, the sun continues to shine, and rain continues to fall. All these wonderful systems that God created are preserved by his loving hand. He preserves and provides for his people. But I want to revisit George Zimmer's story briefly, because I think there's something that we can learn from his story and a comparison that we can make here. He was the creator and original owner of Men's Warehouse. But somewhere along the way, his board members believed that they could do a better job running the company than he was doing. Somewhere along the way, his board of directors wanted ownership and control of this very successful company. So they pushed George out of the company. Now, you may not know a whole lot about George Zimmer. Maybe you only know what I've told you today. But even after hearing just a little bit of of George Zimmer's story, it is upsetting To see the right to ownership taken away from the creator. Maybe you can see where I'm going here. Because every day this pattern plays out in our life. God created all things. Yet many times I believe that I am the owner of my things. My money, my house, my possessions, it's all mine. After all, it's my name on the paycheck and my name on the deed. I've earned this. And I can do whatever I want with it. Much like the men's warehouse board members, we believe that we could do a better job in ownership than God is doing. We want the ownership. We want the control when it comes to the money and possessions in our lives. And so we push God out of the equation. And we take the right to ownership away from the Creator. The root of this sin is so predictable. It's the same root as every other sin. I put myself ahead of God. I believe that I am my own God in my own life. Yet David confesses a very different truth in Psalm 24, verse 3. He says, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? God is so far above us and we are so far below God that it is laughable to believe that we are owners of his creation. Yet there are many forces in our lives trying to convince us of that very thing. The devil is working hard on hearts, setting traps and setting temptations, trying to lure us in with the lure of wealth, knowing that we could be very susceptible to greed. 
The world is consistently teaching me that I am the owner and that I should do what is best for me and what makes me happy. And my sinful nature just loves to hear all those things. But God gives us a different perspective. In his word, God proclaims to us and convinces us that he is the owner of all things. We've already read the verse. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. But not only is he the owner of all things, but he is the source of every blessing in our lives. Remember what James said? Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. Everything that we have has been given to us as a gift from the Father. The house you own, the food in your refrigerator, the money in your bank account, all these things belong to the Father, but He has graciously given them to you. That, my friends, is a God-inspired perspective. Not only did the Father give up His only Son on the cross for our salvation and forgiveness, but He also richly blessed us with, with all we need for body and life, and in many cases... He has even given us more. That God-inspired perspective works three changes in my heart and in my life that we're going to talk about this morning. The first is pretty easy to understand, but hard to carry out. God is the owner and I am the manager. This is the entire basis for the concept of stewardship. Stewardship is the act of being a steward And a steward is someone who manages God's gifts. Today, we're talking about and applying this specifically to financial stewardship. So this perspective puts any financial decision in a different frame. Instead of saying, what do I want to do with my money? We will say, what would God want me to do with his money? It means that whatever God has blessed me with, I will use for his glory and to his glory. When God is factored into your thought process about managing your gifts, then you're honoring God. When God remains the most important priority in your life, in all arenas of your life, then you're on your way to having a God-inspired stewardship perspective, which lives in the light of the truth that the universe is the Lord's. That's the first heart change. The second heart change is related to the first. This God-inspired perspective leads me to be more attached to God than I am to money. Which was the real issue with the rich young man that we talked about in the sermon intro. Jesus didn't need the possessions that he asked for from this man. Jesus could have provided for the poor in different ways. But Jesus asked this young man to sell all of his possessions because he knew that this young man's heart was tied to his possessions. He was more attached to his possessions and wealth than he was to Jesus. So we see him walk away from Jesus with his head hanging low. But this is not your perspective. The universe is the Lord's. Therefore, if he were to ask you for all of your money and all your possessions, you'd merely be giving him what he already owns. The God-inspired perspective that the universe is the Lord's removes my attachment to things and replaces it with an attachment to my Savior, who has cleansed you and given you a pure heart. That's the second heart change. 
The third heart change was most eloquently laid out for us in Matthew chapter 6. When this God-inspired perspective that the universe is the Lord's becomes my frame of life, then worry goes away. It, it melts away because God is in control of the universe. Jesus says, the, the birds don't worry about, about anything. They don't worry about food, but the Father feeds them. Jesus says, the flowers don't worry about their clothes, yet the Father provides them with more splendor than Solomon. Aren't you much more valuable than the birds or the flowers? The answer is a resounding yes. You are God's special creation. So he says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. When your perspective is that this is God's universe, then things that are taken away are taken away as a blessing from the God of the universe. Give thanks to him. And when things are given to you, then this too is a blessing from the God of the universe. Give thanks to him. You've kept hearing me say throughout this entire sermon, God-inspired perspective. And you heard these words for a reason. This perspective can only be inspired by God. You're not going to naturally get here on your own. The world doesn't naturally think like this. But this is a perspective that is inspired by God. And it's not just the God who created the universe, but it's also the God who loved you so much that he was willing to give up what was most valuable to him, his son. He did that for you. And that is the only message that can inspire real and meaningful change in your life. That is the only message that can convince you to adopt this perspective for your life. And it's my prayer that the God who owns the universe does just that for you. Amen.